So you light bold red wine most of the time With notes of fig and raisin You like a cold brew and pitching horseshoes As the sun is fading You like football games and dishing out nicknames But Godfather's one and two But not so fast, we got a podcast We like that too we like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too. Hey, Bobby Vance, welcome back to the We Like That Too podcast. I'm Brad Jones, coming to you almost almost live from the Bon Vivant International Media Center. And of course, joining me is the man, the legend himself, the head Bon Vivant, Mr. Keith Inloo. Hello. Almost live. Is that like uh, he's just a little bit dead? He's not completely dead. He's not dead. quite he's dead not... yet, but he's just a little bit dead. <laughs> just so happens he's partly dead. He's, he's partly dead. Yeah. So what's going on, oh, Jay Inloo? Crazy, crazy schedules. I know you and I have been running like chickens with our heads cut off and trying to get some shows in the can we're getting it done but it just seems like we're chasing tails and we, but you know what we still have fun if it ever stops being fun you know what we're gonna quit doing it That's so right. it hasn't gotten there yet we got a fun show today yes we do and it's a little bit you know the the guest today is kind of in rare air in that uh, it is a repeat guest and we've only had i think she may be the fourth that's done this show twice yes and it's certainly an honor always to have her here. And we'll, uh, we are excited and thrilled to welcome back good friend and professional working actress, Bailey Blaze. Yeah. Bailey was on episode number 20. I looked this up. That was in our, and we were still in our infancy when you did the show for us the first time. <laughs> so welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Oh, we're so thrilled to have you. And, we want to talk about a lot of stuff in your journey and what's going on and what's happened since you were here last. So where'd you come from? I know you just came off of a big run of one of my favorite shows. Yes. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? And she, you, she looks like she's ready to decompress. She oh, needs, my gosh. After that doing show, that show, for, that show will take wow. it out of you. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, I'm glad we had a five-week run of that. I can't. And I heard, I didn't know this, I guess last time it was on Broadway, they had scheduled performances for the George and Martha, different people to come in because they were like, we will not have even, you know, these veteran Broadway actors do this daytimes a week. It's yeah. not sustainable. It's not healthy. And, um, <laughs> not, we no, it isn't healthy yes. for mental health. Yes, <laughs> we can't, absolutely not. We, we can't well, wreck these people. It's physically demanding. Yeah. I mean, it, the energy that it, the adrenaline that it takes to be at that level for that long every night is just, it's yeah. physically draining. Oh, I ripped my yeah. costume. We changed my costume about Two weeks into the run, I had a jacket and a dress that ripped at different times, and I so I had, by the end of it looked completely different than I did at the beginning. I ripped through tights because I'm oh jumping on gosh. couches, and and it's such a small, you know, it's all set in one yeah, little space. It's a, it's a single set, right? And we were yeah. in a black box. We was even more. Oh, I mean, scene one's bigger. Where was it? I was in at the Fulton Theater in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is like how far from Pittsburgh? From Philly, or? it's I think an hour and a half from Philly, okay. like forty-five from Harrisburg, okay. right in the middle of Amish country. Right. Um, it's the largest say. indoor market. Did you get a um, lot of Amish audience there. I, not audience, <laughs> but 
Nope. No, but I learned a lot. And um, again, I went from the middle of, um, you know, heavy duty um, LDS country to, to Amish country and yeah. saw the buggies and learned all about Rumspringa and, yeah. and a lot of them run the market and I bought a lot of vegetables from them. Um, oh, I bet that was fun. I bet, yeah. the, I bet that mar- I bet that market is Oh, awesome. you know it's Insane. awesome. It, well, yeah. you know, we have those Amish and Mennonite markets around here and the, the, sure. the baked goods and the food and stuff is just outstanding and it's all fresh and oh, yeah. Did they have yeah. chocolate chip pumpkin bread? I'm just saying. I think they did. This is, I think the largest, I want to say the largest like indoor central market in the country or maybe in North America, I want wow. to say for like a farmer's market because it's all year round. It's only yeah. on Tuesdays, Fridays and Saturdays. I was never up early enough to go when it opened. So I don't know what time it opened, but it was <laughs> until 3 p.m. <laughs> so you're there for how long? Rehearsals and run all in, all included. Well, we want to talk about kind of the life of a working actress and, yeah. and what it's like. So tell us what it's like in accommodation wise. Yeah. I mean, I have been honestly biggest achievement thus far. I have been working on professional equity contracts since February of the middle of February of 2022. Okay. Like, which is yeah, you kind of unheard of. Yeah, you I have always knew what the next job was. Most of them overlapped. If I had an off, like I drove from Utah to Pennsylvania in the span of like four days, which is exactly the life I want. So yeah. I've been super blessed um, in that respect, but I, I went straight from Utah to Utah Shakespeare Utah Shakespeare Festival. Festival. Yeah. I closed that and I had a week to get to um, Lancaster, Pennsylvania because I was first just cast in White Christmas. I went there for White Christmas in October thinking I would be there for just six weeks. I um, I was playing Rita and then I uh, understudied Judy Haynes and our Judy um, got – she's a dance captain. Right. Amazing. Sarah Meal got cast in uh, Bad Cinderella and had to leave early. So I got to take over Judy for the end of that run. Nice. That's all I was expecting. And then I saw while I was there that the next show was – the play that goes wrong and i was like oh i love this show i'm really familiar with it i'm just gonna see um i love the people at the fulton i emailed them and said well i'm here do you need anything even an understudy and they were like sure great so i jumped in kind of like in an ensemble capacity um and a body double um spoiler in that show uh understudy sandra and i was like okay great then got virginia wolf so i thought i was going to be there for like five weeks and i've been there since october um doing three vastly different shows no kidding that's quite a range yeah it's it's what i love about I, i fall in love with fulton and like i said the people there but just like utah there are a few places i have found that have one small spaces, black boxes where they can kind of push the envelope a little bit more. It's like artistically, but also big main stage shows where you can do those things back to back. So I feel very lucky that I have like found two theaters that kind of allow that. Like they're doing Equus next year with, you know, nine to five and just all these things, uh, misery. They just released their season. So I feel very grateful to have kind of gotten into that. But yeah, so I've been there since October. All I had were like Christmassy clothes because I, I told my mom, I was like, I need you to like bring me sandals or something when you come. I don't have any clothes because I packed to be a dancer for five weeks in Christmas. But, um, That's yeah, funny. I've been there and Virginia Wolf started rehearsal February. They started, the Martha and George started a couple days before us yeah. for obvious reasons. Obvious reasons. Text, yeah. die. I mean, I don't think, I think I always thought, it was Martha's show. Martha has all the dialogue. Until I kind of been in that room, I was like, oh, no. No, George does not stop talking. <laughs> it's insane. I played George in college, and I would love to do it again, age appropriate now. Sure. And I'm not a line counter. I've never been a line counter. Somebody told me that George is second only in lines to Hamlet. 
I believe that. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm sticking to it. I, it's so much. Yeah, the guy does not mm-hmm. stop. Yeah. It just doesn't stop. And so he, and he was the most, he came in like day one, pretty much off book. He's like, I have yeah. to be like, I have to be. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. yeah. And he was magnificent. I was going to ask because it's going, it's going around and a lot of folks, because we are educational, you know, if mm. nothing yes. else, uh, the show that goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, because wait, wait. I know that's popping up. Oh, I've got to do my job. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. The first thing Bailey. on the show is one bottle and we've got to start drinking or we're not going to be able to drink <laughs> yes. through the show. Well, I was looking at my glass and I was like, I don't know if I can touch this. Right no, now. that's <laughs> why I've got to stop. We are going to talk about it. Save okay. that question. Okay. I'll show that goes that wrong because it's a great script. It's, it's a hilarious show. So good. All right. So educational. It's a great segue because we are going to get educated today and we're going to go back to our wine roots. No pun intended. Bailey, I know, likes red wine, and uh, so I thought we haven't had a red wine for a while on no, the show. No, we haven't. We've we've definitely diversified. We, have. we had the Jones Soda Company yes, last time. That's right, and we had uh, yeah, we've had everything beer, from hot, sure. hot chocolate. To so we've had soda, hot chocolate. So. Yeah. So today we're going back to the mother country, France, and we are we uh, we sorry, not now. <laughs> <laughs> we're going back to um, Bordeaux. What we have today is a Bordeaux blend, but let's talk about where it came from. Bordeaux, and this is from the Medoc region of Bordeaux, which is one of the sub-regions in Bordeaux. Famous for uh, some uh, wineries like Chateau Margaux, Pauillac, Saint-Julien, Saint-Estephe. Medoc is a peninsula that runs north from Bordeaux along the Atlantic coast. It's known as the Left Bank. When you talk about Bordeaux and you hear the Left Bank, that is... That's where Madoc is. It runs between the Atlantic coast and the Gironde estuary, about 50 miles north of Bordeaux City to the Pont de Grève and the Pessac Lignon. And after speaking all this French, I feel like I have to find a German to go surrender to. <laughs> so, <laughs> cut that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. All right. So the the vintner is uh Chateau Graysac and this is a a winery that was built back in the 1700s uh was uh recently bought in 2012 by Jean Guillon a, a very well-known Bordeaux winemaker and uh so what we have here is the 2016 Medoc Bordeaux blend. 2016, I just learned today, is considered an excellent, if not legendary, vintage for Bordeaux. So this should be a good one. The varietal on this one is 65% Merlot, 29% Cabernet Sauvignon, 3% Cab Franc, 3% Petit Verdot. All right. So here we go. All right. Here what we do go. you see in your glass, folks? And this one, we're going to do two things today with this also. I decanted one of these over six hours ago. Okay. And this bottle was just now open. So So this is the one that hasn't been decanted. This has not been decanted. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is this has not had the uh the experience of air. You since mentioned a little a little earlier it does have a little It you know, I noticed it it looked like when you when you poured it, it doesn't. Did it? Does it lose its brownness a little I, bit? I, it uh, seemed it to me that it was a little bit brown on Maybe the edges. Maybe the way the light there, but I don't know. I, it has a little brown on that. the halo, just yes. along the outside edge. Big nose on this. Oh wow! This will benefit from the decanter. So this I, is still so pretty tight. Mm-hmm. It's pretty tight. Um, my yes, my tongue's going. Eh. Yeah. So, but it's got a lot of. 
it's got a lot of fruit right now. Yeah, it does. It's. Yeah, I'm anxious for you to taste the decanted because I had to make sure it wasn't bad. So, <laughs> uh huh. Couldn't serve bad Cheater. wine. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, that's right. It's a dirty job. Somebody's got to do it. That's right. This is outstanding. Even the, right now, though, it's it's outstanding. And Brad, you're right. When you swirl it in the glass, along the, you know, when the, when it's stretched out, it's got a brown mm-hmm. tint to it. You know, I've found too some of the some of the you, you and I have had the benefit of um, trying some older wines, and it seems like once you get and this is really a general comment, but it seems like once you get back into sixteen, fifteen, fourteen, you're you're looking at about ten years for your wines, you start to notice that that just little hint of of browning yeah. in there. Yeah, it's a, it's just age. You know, you talk about well balanced wines. This has got balance to it. It does. Great acid. It is old world. And we and would also really mention nice that you don't have to spend uh, $2,000 a bottle on a Bordeaux. Okay. Uh, there's, there's Bordeaux that, yes, you can spend $2,000 a bottle. Uh, some of those that you mentioned. Yeah. Well, speaking uh, of the 2016 vintage, between 2015 and 2016, 10 100-point Bordeaux that came out of those two vintages. And you can, yes, you can spend upwards of over $1,000 a bottle if you want to. Yep. Here's the good news about this one. This is $30 bottle of wine. What? Yeah. Wow. It's good. Very good. Okay. So that's the, uh, that's the undecant. I'll drink that all day. And it's already, you know, even just in a few minutes, mm-hmm. it's already, it's changed. Opened opened up. Up. Yeah. It's already opened up. What do you think, Bailey? I love that. But again, this versus three minutes ago already, I'm like, okay. Yeah. yeah. I know you're a big California wine red wine drinker yes I, i've i've broadened my horizons a little bit more yeah. well i'm trying to <laughs> trying oh, to stay open i used to be like california cabs are nothing <laughs> that was truly the way i've been into sparkling lately yeah actually i have what have you yes. liked what have you had that you've liked i couldn't tell you the bottles if i tried i know i'm terrible at remembering so restaurants i'm like that one yeah mm-hmm. i take pictures of them with my phone so i can remember the labels yes the wine passport yes, yes. Well, i have a vino mm-hmm. the vino or mm-hmm. app or whatever it does help if you remember to use it yes so might i suggest the next time you pull out one of your sparkling uh get a bottle of jones key lime and make a key lime bellini Ooh. with your sparkling yeah yeah love that little key west little france and three pairings you know our one of our uh sommelier friends that we listen to on uh, another podcast they love potato chips with champagne and popcorn and popcorn okay i do grilled Salty. cheese okay Grilled cheese and prosecco. Yeah. Everything's that good with is, grilled cheese. I think too. it's that salty. That <laughs> through the dairy yeah, and that, things that in your salty, mouth. Salty mm-hmm. uh, combination with the sparkling is supposed to be really great. Mm-hmm. Great pairing. Yeah. This is a winner, Bobby. Yes, it is, Bobby. This is a good. This is a good wine. All right. Good We're stuff. We're gonna have to drink what's in our glass so we can try the decanted one too. Damn it! I know. Mm, thank we'll, you. I hate when that happens. <laughs> well, we'll do that while. Right. Um, so while go back. Let's go back to your question. Go back to your question about uh, the, the show uh, that went wrong because it looks like it looks like a show that I would love to be in. Yes, it, it would be so much. Just you know, it's kind of the as they say the old fashioned the door slammers. You sure. know, yeah. uh, which are just. They're just fun. Yeah, it's the new noises off. Was that I was going to say? It's reminiscent of noises off, it is, isn't it? Which though, though I think most people I know, I don't know anyone in theater who doesn't love noises off. Though it's like it's not as good. Like noises off is the top version of that. I actually have not seen that show though. I have been cast in it three times and have never been able to do it. I am like. Apparently that is my calling card, Brooke Ashton, because I have had to turn it down for conflict reasons. But every everywhere that's doing it, I'm like, hey, 
I, because everyone talks about it. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so highly, um, play that goes wrong. Uh, and I only saw it. Let's see. I think I accidentally, I was in New York. I was w- working in New Jersey doing Sherlock Holmes last year and I had a couple of days off. I went to New York and honestly, I didn't have any friends in shows that I could, and there weren't that, as many things open either that I wanted to pay tickets to see, but there were cheap rush tickets to the play that goes wrong off Broadway. And I honestly had really low expectations. I didn't quite know what it was at the time. And I, I don't know. It, it looked a little like comedy clubby, which not to put that down, but I had no idea what it was. And I left there. I think I texted everyone. I knew. I was like searching for who's doing this show. I have never left harder. I don't yeah. think in my life than I did seeing that it is so tight. It is so good. And that's why obviously I was like, I have to do this show. I understudied Sandra and then was like a ensemblist. So, but the premise is it's, uh, the Cornley Drama Society um, is putting on a show and everything goes wrong. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how else to yeah. shoot really. Yeah. It's, it's a murder it's mystery. Sort of, it's sort of Guffman-esque. Yes. Yeah, it is yes. Guffman-esque. Yeah. <laughs> and Waiting it, for Guffman. Yes. For you uninitiated. Yes. yes. It's all in real time. Yeah. It's all um, – it's a murder mystery, a very serious murder mystery play with the RP dialect. And um, and you have your stage manager. This is the, one of the things I really, really loved, um, and I love the utilization of it because um, the Fulton Theater is in the Fulton Opera House. Original, I mean, architecture is just stunning. Um, and so they have boxes, and usually the show is done um, like on our cams back, like backstage where we could watch the show. Um, there's one always that the box is always lit. It's part of the set. Even right. so the stage manager right. stage managing up here right. uh, with the headsets and all of us. So I doubled a stage crew. I spent the whole first, the pre-show um, out uh, acting like stage crew running around the audience looking for the lost dog. So, and as much as possible, it was like, you can't, I, you know, let on that you're an actor like this has to start chaotic as hell yeah. from the start from the jump the show doesn't start quite on time so they make you think that it's starting that it started when they walk i mean everything they really detail wise yeah it's just hilarious yeah it i mean they've any any kind of comedy trope you could think of is in this script i think the biggest issue with it is that the whole set has to collapse the whole thing falls over um (laughs) there are people rigged there are people aren't rigged um but they are on a platform that gets dropped to like a 45 degree angle and so like we had whole days of the two men who were playing those characters to safety it's a lot of fight captain no i've heard there's a lot of safety issues that you have to be very very careful with yeah 100 and that's why i'm like i and we were joking because it seemed there would be a lot of even like high schoolers who were like, Oh, my high school is doing this. And I was like, I honestly have the foggiest yeah, idea how you can yeah. manage to do this show because part of it is the whole platform collapses and you have people yeah. hanging off platforms. Both of you would be great in this show, by the way. Um, and it's, let's do it. Do it. Hey, let's do a show. Key. <laughs> do a show. Well, you know, it's, it's like noises <laughs> off that, you know, the whole set right. turns. Right. It's so fun. There's so much fighting. There's so much, um, you know, getting whacked over the head with Physical metal objects, stuff, especially yeah. for the one who, uh, Sandra, who I was understudying. And we did a lot of understudies for this show because it is so tightly choreographed and so fight heavy and so dangerous. We were there the entire process and like they would run things in the first part of the day and then they would let us run them on the set. So we were fully incorporated and utilized so that everyone would be safe in the event of an emergency. My favorite part though was, 
there's a lot of glass throwing. And the first time I got to run it with the full costume and full glasses, I pick up a vase that you're supposed to toss the flowers and toss it at the wall. I was just so, I was so excited to be doing I was like, yes, I'm getting on. I grab the vase and it just shatters oh my before gosh. the throw. I just picked up the pieces and went, <laughs> I, no, I, was, I don't know what else to do. I well, broke the, yeah. Well, for, for uh, and am the, I bleeding? the uninitiated, stage glass is usually like sugar. sugar it's uh-huh. a sugar, and it's it is very fragile. Uh, and yeah, I've had that happen. Yes. You're supposed to break a bottle in it. It breaks on the upswing and <laughs> yeah. the snaps, off. snaps off before you can smash <laughs> yes. it. Yeah, It was a comedy yeah. in itself. I'm like, you pick up the vase, you give your line, and then you throw it. And I picked it up and broke it. And I was like, oh, this line doesn't make sense now. I don't really know what to do. Um, and then actually, we use the same throwaway vases, our George breaks one in Virginia Woolf, yes. smashes it again. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> there's the, the through line yeah. with these shows. Yeah. So I, I want to, I want, our listeners to get in our bon vivants to get an idea you know you, you're staying busy you're going from mm-hmm. show to show to show what's the process of auditioning putting yourself out there how do people know about you how are you getting yeah. your face your name your experience in front of producers directors yeah. companies you know what's how, what's that look like sure it do you know what that's ever evolving in covid did a lot to change that landscape that was already very, I mean, because that's the whole battle is just getting seen. Um, and I will say of, of all the, the tragic things that came out of COVID, where I was in my career before that was I couldn't get in rooms. I wasn't equity. I, people weren't doing video submissions. I wasn't always in New York City, um, cause I was still kind of in LA and working in Utah for six months of the year, basically. And my biggest problem was, right. I was like, I can't audition. I can't get to these. For everything that COVID did, the one thing I'm like so glad came out of it was that we learned how to do virtual Zoom callbacks, video submissions. I yeah. think that's why I have been working since the pandemic end of it and through was because for me personally and the way I could audition and um, I'm very type A and everything. I audition for pretty much everything. Anything I can get my hands on that I can see, especially play-wise, I will be emailing whoever I can, even – that this morning, like three people. I'm like, hey, I saw this is, you know, in New York in the next couple of days. I'm not going to be there. Can I email you? And 80% of the time people are like, sure, absolutely. Yeah, We've set great. up this system. So that's, I think, very much helping. But honestly, I, and I know, you know, people always say it's all about networking. Pretty much any industry is. Um, and there are just those people who kind of change your life. And that happened for me. Um, the great thing about Utah Shakes, we have this thing called the REACH program it stands for really eager artists crying higher and <laughs> how was that? Yeah. that lovely yeah. it's a little bit of a push but it's, okay. yeah, it's, on the nose I, it's what it is um but they and this is it's because they know that to bring artists for half the year out to utah does take you out for a lot of opportunities yeah. and, and rooms and so the way they've kind of combated that and i think it's so smart um we raise money as an organization and bring in directors and casting people and anyone who wants to just come see they have to see all the shows and you can set up meetings. So been a part of that the last couple of years. And this year, Joey Abramowitz from the Fulton Theater came and saw my shows. I was in Clue and Trouble in Mind. I ended up then later being in Sound and Music and All's Well That Ends Well. Did a, did a lot of theater this summer. And we had a meeting. Again, it's just when you meet those people who just kind of see you and your work yeah. and believe in you and say, like, you, I... I, we'd hit it off and he's gone to bat for me ever since. He's the reason nice. why I have, have found this new family at the Fulton. So sometimes it just takes that one person yeah, yeah. who, who's just 
see, sees it and to is willing to put themselves in the line and help you. And he, I cannot thank him enough. Joey, if you're listening, I love you. Um, he's so wonderful and is the one who, and him and Mark Robin, the AD there, they, again, just love him to death and they've been so kind to me and given me so many opportunities. But it, it really did happen because he saw a show and trusted me and when i said can i do this he's like sure let's try it and yeah. um i think you make yeah. a great point though because you know professional theater is a business mm-hmm. and just like all other businesses in the pandemic who survived had to find ways to do things different they had to adjust they had to adapt on the mm-hmm. fly i know the company i work for uh, did our bottle sponsor Matt Green? Great place, for, great segue for a, a shout out. And Matt Matt Green just testified over in the house the other day. Um, we we actually were asked as small business as an organization of small business asked, how did you how did you change? You know what's going on in yeah. the small business economy? And Matt was a perfect example. Yeah. I mean, he had to change his whole plan. Yeah, you know he you know, wasn't going to be a retail wine sure. guy, but right? That's the way it worked out. Mm-hmm. And, but training, development, recruiting. <clears throat> all had to that's what i do you know that i'll have to go virtual zoom we hated it (laughs) it's not the most effective but you had to do it in order to survive and just like auditioning you know is it better to have somebody in the room with you yeah probably (laughs) but you got to do what you got to do to survive and to maintain and carry on so it's an interesting i think i think as bad as the pandemic was there are things that we probably uh, gleaned from that that were beneficial for for business and and operations and the way things work. Yes. Well, and I yeah. think Bailey, from your standpoint, and you know, Keith can you guys can talk to this better than I can. You don't get a sense of a person when they're sitting there uh, with their resume, their picture, and and their resume on the back. You don't get a Bailey there. Mm-mm. You at least get some of a Bailey when. They can see you yeah. and hear you, and and see what what you're all about. Um, well, I know, mean, there's a reason in the movies they do everything on camera. Yeah, you know, it's it's different, but at least you get to see a face and hear a voice and get a look and a sure. Th- can this person emote? Can they interpret? Yes. Can't you know? Do they have any kind of skills at all? Yeah. Versus, yeah, just a piece of paper. Right to yeah. try to get tight. I mean, it's like right. Reading a resume, to be fair, anyone could say that they have done Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf at any theater. Yeah. That doesn't mean it was good. That doesn't mean they're good. Like, because there's so much of that that I'm like, no, I would almost always rather don't look at my resume. Just let me. Yeah. Do what I do for, just let me act for you. Let me do my, you know, that kind of thing. Doesn't actually mean they really did it. (laughs) Yes. But (laughs) But the resumes I've looked at, I've learned that, oh, that's BS. You didn't. (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm just. You're making that up. (laughs) Yeah. But I would always rather have it that way. And it's also, it does kind of eliminate some of the, because I feel like it was always such a thing in, like, especially in the the big New York all day long appointments, Uh like you don't want to be right before lunch or right after lunch. Like there's these times that people knew to stay away from because people were, or they are just like, like snow blind from all these auditions where I'm like, I trust that if you are collecting all these videos, watching them in your own leisure, and you can pause and stop and come back, it might yeah. give you a more focused. Take a break. No, I don't yeah. know because I don't cast, but I'm always hoping <laughs> in my head. I'm like, well, maybe that's a that's a good thing for me, <laughs> you know. All right, so 
Where are we at on the wine, first of all? Well, Bailey's right. behind. Bailey's behind. I'm behind. Right, so let's Wait. talk, Brad. Bailey's behind. So, but she's, <laughs> well, we're, but, but she's to not be as, fair. She's not she, a lush like she, we are. She is our guest. And, and is, <laughs> we've had her talking a lot. We've had so. her talking. So I, anyway. I do want to again, well, yeah, it's a great place then to talk about our, uh, in addition to Matt Green at Barvino in beautiful downtown Jefferson City being one of our sponsors. Our other one is, this is new since you were here before. We have a sponsor, Missouri River Regional Library. Ooh, that is new. Yeah, and you know, we have a lot of fun with this spot because uh, we talk about that the library is not just a, a building with old dusty books in it anymore. It's a real resource center mm-hmm. for a lot of different media and that kind of thing. But they do have books, and we need to talk about one of their features and benefits is called the book box. And, it, and this book box is really cool. With your library card, you can go to the website, and it will take your preferences, and you can kind of load in preferences, and it will reserve books for you based on your preferences. And all you have to go is log in and sign in, and they'll they'll email you when they're there for you. Mm. You go pick them up. It's a great service. I mean, to have somebody like that recommend books to you based on what your preferences are, and you do that with your library card. So, um, folks, go out there and patronize your local library. We appreciate Missouri River Regional Library for being a sponsor of the show. And uh, go check it out. I'm Try sure out the book box. Great. I bet they have a theater arts section where you can – They've uh, got everything. Oh, really? uh, They've got everything. Be, yeah. yeah I know to, you can order scripts through yeah, the library. Yeah, yeah, sure yeah. you can. Some Samuel French, yeah. Yeah. When I don't want to buy them, I want to read them before I buy them. I always go through yes. the library. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. It's a great go. way to find scripts. So, All right. Thank you, Missouri River Regional Library. We appreciate your patronage. Speaking of scripts, how many do you go through? Probably in a month. I mean, do you reading? Wise? Yeah, just looking at them, checking them out. Not as many because there aren't as many places to find them in person. So there you go. There needs to be more. They're well, not easily even, accessible. Gosh, you have to know where to yeah. get them. Yeah. And drama bookshops are closing left and right. The biggest one in LA that I used to go to closed. Obviously, there's a big thing and. What I think Lynn Manuel Miranda ended up saving that one in New York, but there's it, they are hard to find. They're hard to find. <laughs> to be fair, I went to the one in New York. It Kent took me, and it was it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, it was it was like the Library of Congress for for <laughs> sure. for, 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 for scripts. No, you kidding. just kind of walked around yeah. with. Uh, and I know where that one is. That one's, I think it's down at Forty Second Street, isn't it? Well, there's two famous ones. I know where they are, but I don't know what they're called. That's all right. We have. We have our second board. Oh, oh, we're back to whining. Well, no, I just want to make no, sure because we do want to get to this decanted mm-hmm. one. I want to see how, if you guys think there's a difference, and if so, what it is. It's a great nose mm-hmm. on great this. Nose. It's a weird nose, though. It's it's, it's a little world. different. It's old. World. It's an old world nose. It's a little but, mustier. But it's a little. It's got a little funk to it. Yeah, a little bit. It's a little mustier, but I still get fruit off of it. Mm-hmm. It's not that barn floor must, which I'm okay with a lot of times, but. This is not as that first that first sip is definitely not as tight as the first sip no. on the first bottle. This is smooth. It is soft. This is uh, this is that's a great word. This soft. is this is soft, soft, soft and supple, like in a soft lovely way. Supple. Yes, soft. it is. <laughs> like like a kitten. Yes. This, this is oh, and I, but glass. you know, you, I still get a little tannin along the outside of my tongue, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But this is very supple. Oh, I like this, like a baby's mm-hmm. baby horse's head. <laughs> Like the fuzz on a baby horse's <laughs> nose. Yeah. Thank you, Rodney. <laughs> uh, I, I do, you got into it a little bit, but I do want to talk about networking. Mm-hmm. 
you're doing Utah Shakespeare Festival. You're doing Fulton, Pennsylvania, right? Fulton Theater. Fulton, mm-hmm. Fulton Theater. How do you find when you connect with certain people at these places, then you can reach out and do that spider web network type thing to other places? How's that working? Is it working? Yes, more through the people who you work with okay. and through direct, cause most directors work at multiple places. And I've had also a lot of luck there. And I think a lot of the times that I have not booked jobs have been called in. It's like directors from past being like, Oh, well, I'm, you know, submit for this because it is, um, even when you have a connection with someone or even a theater, it's like, there are still many, usually many opinions, and there should be, you know, between sure. your AD and your casting person and who your director is or who your music director is most often, I've found, um, and, and musicals or your choreographer or, or what have you. Um, so I think the more people you have kind of pulling for you, the better. Yeah. And I mean, I always think professionalism, I believe, is harder to find than talent. I would like to say I've worked with really wonderful people, and this is not a huge overarching problem, but my own hope for myself is like, I am, I am my own business. Um, and, and theater is hard, especially regional theater, because you live and work with the same people. It is easy to forget fun shenanigans that go too far or that push right. buttons and right. to have this kind of drama behind the scenes yeah. when those are your friends, your family, or like it's all you have because you live together when you work together. That adds so it's understandable. And there are a good amount of people who have both. Yeah, I get it. You know, everybody wants a good product. Everybody good. wants a good final product, the best that you can be, the best show you can have. But to me, sometimes the process is almost as important as the product. Sure. If I'm not having fun in the process, it's miserable. Yeah. You know, it, it, it makes you not even want to do it. If you're just working with miserable people and yeah. yes, and it always reads. and it doesn't happen. You're right; it doesn't happen. Often. No, it doesn't. <laughs> That's I, it's the exception rather than the caveat. Rule. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. But I think we can all, myself included, in this industry, use a little bit more of that. And a lot of that is just gratitude to be working. Yeah, frankly remembering that this is still a well-respected job. I think that's my biggest thing. It's, you know, when you tell people you're an actor and you get, I'm like, here come the eye rolls and the, oh, that's fun. How is that? And it's like, no, this is a profession. This is a career. This has the same level of professionalism. It's just in a different way. And so I think sometimes I personally, I know have a soapbox about all of us kind of holding it to that standard. Well, Bailey, I can't tell you how proud we are of you from a local standpoint. We know how tough it is to be a continually working actress. And I know through your folks and stuff, knowing your family that you are going from show to show to show actually having to turn down some stuff and that is not common Mm -mm. for performers it's just not so congratulations you're doing it the right way we're very proud of you we are following you we watch everything (laughs) you can do you do and i wish we were closer and could see you more often but uh congratulations thank you it is continued love you know but it is it is a gypsy existence yeah but how how fun is it to be able to to go to the fulton and actually spend some time there you know you're not blowing in for six weeks and out and you're like i get to stay for a while you know you feel at least a little grounded for a little while yes and again there's so many good people not only in the communities especially in my experience with these smaller communities regionally they rally behind it they rally behind the theaters yeah Yeah, it's great well, in some of those communities, they're, they're small. I mean, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, I'm thinking about the Lyceum. It is the economic yes, engine. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not the only one. But, you know, every little small business in town, 
believe me, they know what the they schedule is. Yeah, they know what bet. the schedule is. They know when the shows are. Sure. Cedar City, and, Utah is the same way mm-hmm. with Utah Shakespeare. They and yep. they they thrive off of that business and that oh. that uh, tourism and uh, absolutely. They they love it. So and quality. And I'm always I am always so proud of to be like an Arrow Rock kid and to be from around here because I seriously everywhere I go. No matter like where I'm working or what cast I'm in, there are not only people who have worked there, but everyone knows what it is. And everyone talks about it and like has glowing things to say about having worked there as an artist. Well, that's cool. And I, it's I'm serious. It's everywhere. I'm like, how do y'all know like Catalpa? Like how this little town? Uh, really? Everyone, yeah. Like everyone. I've, I don't think I don't know the last time I was in a cast where someone else hadn't worked there. Well, wow. I wasn't going to bring this up, but I will tell you what we did yesterday. And they haven't done this before, and it's it's for the the patrons that you know give. A little more money. Mm-hmm. What they did yesterday was they had Lyceum backstage, and we all went in the backstage entrance, and we all had to sign in. Mm-hmm. Just like so, yeah. we the call were the sheet. actors, yeah, just yeah. like the call sheet. That's we fun. were just yeah. like the call sheet. So, and they put all of the chairs on the stage, and so we faced out, and, and then Quinn did a whole thing on all of the different aspects of the theater, and everybody got to see where the costumes are made, we got to go down in the uh, scary bowels where we keep our musicians, mm-hmm. we got to go over to the shop, and everybody got a chance to really get a feel for just how complicated a small <laughs> theater like that, yeah. and a professional theater, and 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 to your point, how professional everybody is. Yes, that is brilliant. That it yes. was Keith. It was well, my mom had a blast. That's Brenda brilliant. had a blast. We learned a lot because it really was. It was theater arts one one is really what mm-hmm. it was. And a lot of those people didn't know. We talked about casting. We talked about costumes. Sure. We talked about bookings. We talked about what do you do when you've got a couple of actors that uh, you want and how much you got to pay for them. Mm-hmm. And I mean the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So we talk about lighting. I mean. We, we talked That's about a brilliant everything. idea. It that, was that so, cool. They've never done it before. It was well, so cool. Yeah. Brad, we've talked before about how eyes are opened when someone is exposed to any level of theater, right. quality theater, for the first time. Their kids get involved in a community theater show, and they find out how many rehearsals you have mm-hmm. to have. <laughs> they find out the technical side of it, what it takes to put on a show. Their eyes are open. They're like, I had no idea. How in-depth this is. It's the one thing I love about theater. It's really the only art form that incorporates almost in in some way, shape, or form every other art form into it. Yes. Painting, sculpture, music, dance, theater. I mean, you name Sound. it. You, you name mm. it as an art form. It in some way can be or is incorporated into live theater. And so you're right. All those artisans coming together, fashion design, costume design, you know, whatever it is, I love it for that. Yeah. What they did yesterday was really neat. Well, here's here's something else I want to talk about, mm-hmm. though, Bailey, before you, we, we move on to our third section of the show, and that is what's upcoming, what are you looking forward to, what do you may not even know about sure. yet, but hope for? Yeah, I mean, the 
funny when I was thinking about coming back here, I was like, I'm actually kind of weird, even though a lot has happened in the last couple of years. And especially for me, career wise has gone in such a great direction that I am so grateful every day for. I'm kind of in the same spot. Um, I turned down a couple job offers, um, including to go back to Utah, not going back this year. Um, time to just kind of see what else is out there. And I'm spreading my wings a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I am. And, and like in the same spot, I remember last time I was here being like, I hope I get rag time. And I did. Yay. Um, so, <laughs> and you were great at it. Yeah. You were I, great at it. Thank you. Um, Love so I, I'm in the same spot. And like by next week, I should know I have a couple. I have found my new thing this year. I have been in final callbacks for Louise and Gypsy at three theaters this year. Really? In the last couple of months. So I'm waiting. I, I was like, okay, so this is a sign that I guess I'm. <laughs> she missed yeah. that. Sing out, baby. Cheers. Sing out. <laughs> Check out the wings. Um, which it's always good when that kind of, again, it's only happened a couple times, but it's like the Brooke Ashton thing. I'm like, I'm always in for this. I keep getting called in. I keep getting so, and I, I've always loved Louise and I've always had people say, well, you're more of a June, but I'm like, okay, if anything, I approved recently that clearly people do see me as a Louise. I'm going to do this show yeah. because Gypsy's one of my favorite top three favorite musicals is it it is really? i love it i love the overture but i love other thing about it um and i love imelda staunton in particular she's and i will get flack for saying this my favorite mama rose but yeah um well there's been some good ones there have been amazing yeah. ones but she's my favorite uh at least right now she's my favorite but um yeah so i'm waiting on some gypsies cool um there's a florida thing there's a denver thing and i feel like people are always asking you know tv and film and commercials and my answer is always like i love theater that's still i know just what i know I you do. do you've told it's us that before what I do. those take I know. care of themselves oh, you know I mean, and, I mean and i don't know I, I think you've told me, and I hope I'm not spilling, you know, no. if, if the right thing comes along, that's a sure. different matter. But the one thing I admire and love about you is you're committed to the stage. Yeah. And uh, you should make no apologies for that. Yeah. So, like Virginia uh, Woolf even. I'm like, who gets to, no one turns that down. I don't care what else would have been on my plate. I wouldn't yeah. turn that down because it, it, these people, fewer and fewer places are doing that. I'm still yeah. like hunting for a Miss Julie left and right, uh streetcar. There's, yeah. I am still one of those people who is clinging to the classics because I just want to do them. I know. Yeah. Once, just once. I, I don't care what kind of way or as long as I'm getting paid enough to eat uh, and live I'm going to go find the places that are doing the plays that I love. Um, well, it's good in, for you. you know, good yeah. for you. More power to you. Thank and, you. And break a leg and best of uh, all success and whatever you're going after. We are, uh, we are so proud of you. I and, love Gypsy. Yeah. That, I, that may be a I road trip, too. guys. What do you think? The oh, yeah. Producers? One of, one think, of them is close-ish. Uh, oh, oh, all right. Fingers crossed. Well, Knocking on my head. Knock fingers on wood. crossed. Trust right. me. You'll send be the first we to would hear. Love to, send us a we, would love to, we would love to get you close. God, that yeah. would be, that, I would love that. All I right. Just love that. Anything else? Other questions? Whatever. We need to uh, proceed on to the third part of the show. And I <laughs> I don't know where this third – I do know where this three top picks topic came from. I Googled stuff. <laughs> <laughs> boy, boy, there's so, a there's a stretch. It, How'd that came, happen? it came up on a list of icebreakers, like social icebreakers, mm-hmm. like if you're trying to get to know people in a social setting. And it was just individual questions, mm-hmm. but I said, well, let's turn it into a three top picks. Okay. So today's three top picks are three top skills you wish you could have if you had a magic wand. 
Now, these are not superpowers, okay? Let's I was define. Ask that exact no, no, no. Question. Okay. So, so superpowers <laughs> is another topic. These are like things that are practical mm-hmm. skills mm-hmm. or things that you could use in your life, or maybe you've always wanted to be able to do whatever that you you haven't or you can't or you haven't spent the time developing. That if you could just say, "I can do this," okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So mind control is not one of the options, okay? I, I can't be in, I can't be invisible at the Capitol. No, you can't. Well, I could really get a lot of info if I could be invisible at the Capitol. We'll do that one another time. Oh, so. okay. So uh, Bailey, you know the drill. We'll go around one at a time. You get to start. So sure. three top. What's your first skill you wish you could develop magically this is terrible because as soon as you texted me there are no me, terrible as answers as soon as you texted me this so again because of where i'm at right now i was like what would help me get more jobs at the moment and so my mind <laughs> Nothing wrong went with that. to theater things but this beside even if i think i weren't in this path it's always been something i wanted i just um like piano yeah just an obscene level of reading writing if I can compose in my head and play the piano yeah. at like a concert level, that is probably, I just think it's the most, it's just the coolest thing. I know. I know. I have so much admiration for people who are like concert pianists. I know. That's so boring, but that's my, it's that's not easily boring. my first one. You've I love that, those. You've got that too. Don't well, you? it's, we doubled on that, but I'm going right. to, I'm going to elaborate just a little bit. That actually, but, but it's, <laughs> right. and I, I, I admire the concert level. I'm not even there, but I do love those like videos where you have a piano, a grand piano, like a, an airport or a hotel lobby and yes. people, people just sit down and start. Yes. Yeah, that I get. Mine was to play some kind of instrument. Mm-hmm. Piano was one of them. Since you took piano, I'll take guitar. Okay. Okay, because I, <laughs> I would love to play guitar um, just because I would. And, I, it's you know, it's never too late. I just – not disciplined enough. That's why, that's why I don't play piano. took for six years as a kid, and I still, you know. So anyway, play play an instrument. Well, yeah. me too. Yeah, me too. And and I probably I thought we were probably going to double or triple on that one. That's okay. That's a good. That's a good wish. I watched a clip the other day of Roy Clark. Oh god! And I thought if I could do that for just five minutes, I could die happy. If I could play something like Roy Clark, yeah, that guy was an absolute amazing guitar player and and we know a lot of you know joey bonamassa and there, there's a bunch of guitar players well, different Eddie, styles Eddie too. Yeah, yeah. And, i mean there's a bunch of a bunch of them you know you look at the the guys that can sit there and do classical guitar that's just it's unbelievable a whole other ball game. yeah uh, i saw a clip the other day of roy clark and glenn campbell together yep and it was like Love holy campbell. crap yeah too much talent and yeah all crammed together yeah i know mm-hmm. i know it i know it oh yeah so well we all agree on that that doesn't surprise me that we doubled on tripled on that so keith yeah. are you a, are you familiar with acquired savant syndrome this is when people get hit in the head and then all of a sudden they can no. they can I'm, that's what they call it. i've heard I, i've heard rumor of that but tell yeah. me more well it's it's a really freaky kind of a deal people get hit they get concussions yeah. and then they come out of it and they can do amazingly wild things like 
play all of a sudden they can sit down by ear and they right. can they can play the piano they can play the guitar I'm willing to suffer a head wound for that. <laughs> it, it is not recommended that you bust your your head in. It's just because it doesn't. Guess what? It doesn't always work. Guaranteed. There's no guarantees. Huh? You, up, you just end up with a head, head wound. But you, there's all kinds of strange things that can happen. Some people can. Um, they can look at something and tell you exactly to the uh, an eighth of an inch how how long it is. Uh, if you're building something, you're, you know, or you've got um, math skills, all of a sudden you can walk in and, and you can look at the board and you can figure out these incredible mathematical equations. Uh, there, there's been some stories about these people, and it's mm. it's two hundred ninety four. It's weird. Two hundred ninety four. 294. 294. Thank you, Rain Man. <laughs> There's six in the box. I'm an excellent driver. Of course, I'm an excellent driver. <laughs> oh, God. I couldn't help myself. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, that was, that's, that's good. That's interesting. Again, educational and entertaining. It's called Acquired, acquired Savant Syndrome. Syndrome. Yep. Hmm. Well, you know, Savants are another whole other matter. That naturally acquired, yes. no one can explain it. And usually it's someone who is out there on the spectrum that has this innate ability. And it's mm-hmm. not bon savants, it's bon vivants, you know, just <laughs> so we're not what about <laughs> savants? Our, Wait a our minute. Listeners. What about savant bon vivants? That's somebody that you – maybe you want to hang out with. Yeah, maybe I, you don't. I, I, I'd hang out with them. <laughs> I don't know. All right. We're getting way out in left field. We're okay. on our second bottle of wine here, you can tell. Well, yeah. Okay, All right, two. Bailey. Number two. I was trying to go more practical, and I was trying to find a loophole for the superhero thing. And the closest I got <laughs> was was like Sherlock Holmes level perception. Oh okay. yeah, Dedu- deductive he can, reasoning. Yes, good he can just, one. I, at first, I was like, just read people really well, but I was like, no, yeah. he does more than that. But he can do that. Just perception at yeah. like a molecular level, yeah. um, I think would help just in a lot of, especially if you know. Because he doesn't really know how to process the, that information afterwards in a in a you know communicative way, but I was like, okay, if I could have that, <laughs> then even you know, yeah, life would be certainly different. It's interesting. Some recent, some more current interpretations of Sherlock Holmes kind of play him as like a little bit of Asperger's social mm-hmm. social yeah. awkwardness, that kind of thing, where he can't. He's got this in this huge innate sense of perception, but he can't relate to people. Sure. So I, that's that's a good, that's cool. That's great. Great choice. Yeah. That is Thank a good. You. That Thanks is for playing the home game. Thank you for yes. <laughs> so my my wife is going to laugh at this one probably because um, it's going to be hard to explain for me. I wish I had the skill to enjoy communicate. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's a, that was a good one. I'll give you that. All right, sorry, and, but you see, I know I can fix that in editing, so that'll never go in. <laughs> I, I wish I had the ability to understand and enjoy like financial management and investment in things. Mm-hmm. And it's not that math. I did okay in I did fine in math. I understood it. I made good math grades, but I didn't like it. 
I never enjoyed it. So I never pursued that kind of thing. And, you know, when I have friends who talk about, oh, the stock market, you know, I'm investing, I'm, my head, I, my eyes just glaze over and it's like, <laughs> it's not interesting to me. So I wish I had more skill and ability to enjoy and manage and maximize those kind of financial things, money and, sure. and, and investment and property and all that kind of thing. So I agree. It's because yeah. it, it, it's, it's because it's such a big umbrella. I mean, there's so yeah, much huge. stuff that goes under that, mm. you know, and uh, well, it has such a big impact on your not not your life this minute, but overall, you know, in the long run. Yeah. You know, you know ba- Bailey brought up a really good point about her her career too. She is Bailey Blaze Inc. She is responsible yeah. Yeah. for. She has to. Do you have an agent? I don't right now. No. Okay. So seeking representation. So she, listeners. So she, <laughs> but she, you know, but shout out. But she's she's got to make her own deal, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, you got yeah. you got to take care of your money. You have to, you know, you're 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 staying away from home. You got to rent. Sure. You got all that stuff, and you got to make it work. Contracts in your name. You and, bet. Yeah. You, you bet. know, it's yeah those kind you, of things. It's just being only one looking out for yourself. It's like no, this is me. This is, this is me as a person as well, but this is my career. This is my I'm my own LLC basically. That's yes. right. Yeah, yeah you sure. bet you are. Yeah. You well, are, those are, those are things that I've never been very good at or skilled at. So yeah, that'd be that be my number two. My my second one. It's not a stretch, and everybody knows I I am the worst handyman on the planet <laughs> no you're I, not I, no you're not i can oh, i i believe i hold that title <laughs> oh come on man you build sets and shit come on yeah no, for no, crying I, out loud i i, I, I recruit people to build sets i i cannot i i really honestly can't nail two boards together it, it, it's it's sad it takes me three hours to fix something that anybody else could take 15 no, minutes to do. I'm right I there wish, with you. You know, I look at those guys on some of the, on, on some of those shows and they use the lathe and they do all that beautiful woodwork oh, and mm-hmm. they can do that kind of stuff and they yeah. can build things and it looks really cool and you don't go, you know, and to the store and buy it and you, you build. I love those kind of guys. Yeah. Uh, I just have such an admiration for it because I'm not one. No, I'm not either. But, I get it. I'm going to segue into that after Bailey tells us her third one. <laughs> third one. Um, yes, without a doubt. This might have been the, I should have said this first. I just admire people who are like Dorothy Parker level, like wit, quick comeback to whatever is said to them. I think it's a good way to go through life and a good kind of, it's like being like smart and funny. So not necessarily stand up, but I was like, I love people who always have a clever thing to say, no matter what is tossed to them and just can think in that way very quickly without offending people and who are just really sharply observationally funny. Yes. And that would certainly, again, I think it's a good way to go through life. I wish I had that skill. I can tell you as a male, it'll keep you out a lot of fist fights. (laughs) (laughs) No, you can, you can diffuse the situation with words. You don't get hit so much. Yeah, you don't get hit in the nose as much. Yes. You can make people laugh. Yeah. Who makes you laugh? I'm not saying I can, but I just know that that works that way. Who makes you laugh? Oh my gosh, a lot of people. Most people, I think. Well, I mean, comedian wise, is there anybody that in particular you just look up up to a lot? Do you know what? I can't think of a contemporary like zinger comedian because that's what I'm talking about. Like I just yeah. in casual conversation, people who can just whip it back really quickly. Uh, I think I'm always in awe of people like that, and I'm afraid to speak to them. Um, on a comedian <laughs> level, I'm he doesn't do this, but I love Trevor Noah just as a side 
something um, that's someone just intelligent comedy. He's got a quick wit. He yeah. does. He's yeah. just really, in, really intelligent and and brings a really unique kind of perspective yeah. to the world. I think most older comedians have this more than uh, young, younger contemporary. I don't know much about comedian culture, but um, I feel like watching like older comedy things is where I see it more often. Did, did you ever get to watch the old um, the roasters? The, the, yes, the, what, the Friars what, Club roasts the, or the you know, Dean Martin celebrity Dean Martin roast. celebrity roast. You can find them on uh, YouTube. Okay, but they would get you know the best of the best of the, these Don Rickles types, these, mm-hmm. and they would come in and just throw and and they were throwing zingers back and forth all night long. It's it's yeah. it's exactly what you're talking about. It's belly busting. Yeah. It's not yes. scripted. And it's just quick, yeah. quick wit. Yeah, this, I get it. Yeah, yeah, people. What is it? Who's that? Is that Shakespeare? Paper bullets. Yeah, people who speak that way, and yeah. and that it's just topical enough, but it is so funny and so smart that you are like just taken aback. I'm in awe of people who but do it's that. Stinging, yes, biting, and it is wit. biting, but it's not cruel, no, right? Yeah, and it's not hurtful and it's not harmful. It's just funny. It's just funny. On yeah. the other hand, Kent told me he's going to go see Stephen Wright. Who I consider to be one of the funniest people on the planet. I agree. He's just, he's totally, he's, he kind of talks like this and it's all very situational type stuff. It's, and it's you just, this, it's, it's this otherworldly observational it, and stuff. And it's like, one right after another for an hour. Some of my favorites is like, I have a collection of seashells I keep scattered across the beaches of the world. <laughs> <laughs> That is so funny and so simple. Look up, look up, Stephen Wright. (laughs) Stephen Wright is because he's got he's got a bunch of Mm. oh man, they're so good. I was going the speed of light and turned my headlights on, almost past myself. (laughs) (laughs) Just that light, yeah, yeah. It's just like delivery. People who just know it is well. That's part of it too. His delivery, so. All right, that's a good one. So my second one, Brad, dovetails into yours, no pun intended, uh, because I think Handyman, which you started out with, is is great. But you t- kind of transitioned into an, an artisan when you talk about woodworking and lathe work and things like that. So my third one is an artisan of some sort, maybe a woodcrafter or carver, a, a stonemason, uh, a potter, you know, glass blower, that kind of thing. And I know I would only choose one, but I, w- I really wish I was like an artisan that with my hands that I could create things, hmm. you know, that were beautiful. Cause I get the handyman thing. I, I'm with you right there on that, but I think this is a different level of that. And so that would be my, my third one would, would be a, a craftsman of well, some sort. Well, my, mine, mine dovetails on that. And I would dovetail, I, get the whole dovetail I, thing. The whole dovetail thing, just like, carpenter, yeah, I got no. the carpenter deal. Yeah. Wow. I did not get that. Oh, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> no. Educational and entertaining. I'm like, something right. about birds is coming up, but that's right. <laughs> I am in awe of anybody that can sit down with a piece of chalk and look at something and then Reproduce it oh. on a piece of paper, from Rembrandt painting oh, yeah. himself yeah. to our good friend Jim Dyke doing mm. doing oh, yeah. really yeah. good caricatures. People that can do that just and, and there's there's got to be something there's there's something that's wired that's different. It in, is in artisans that can do You're those exactly kind of right. things. It has to be because right? I ain't got that wire. Yeah. No, it, yeah. but you you go you go to the Met or you go someplace and you look at some of these these paintings and you just think how did 
God put that into that person because he had to have, because I don't know how you learn something like that. I mean, you can learn technique and I mean, you know, like, like I said, you can learn guitar, you can learn the, you can learn the chords and you can, you, you know, but to, to, Take it to that level, you right. know, is is something that I just find amazing, especially – that's why I love going to art museums. I like – you know, even some of the modern ones, which I think are kind of weird, but, you know, they've got an, an inspiration for you what bet. they're mm-hmm. doing. You but bet. Then you go to New York, you go to Washington and you look at Caravaggio, you know, Rape of the Sabine Women, and the thing is, is 12 by 12 and you're looking at this thing going – yeah. How did this not take him, you know, 20 years yeah. to paint? Yeah. And it didn't. No. Uh, no. Or Michelangelo or yeah. something. That's a Sistine Chapel on your back of all things. Yeah. On your back, yeah. With that, you're as lighting. Have you ever yeah. seen the movie oh. The Agony and the Ecstasy? No. Or have you ever read the book? No. Read the book first and then watch the movie. It's with uh, Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston. And yep. Rex uh, Harris. Yes. Harris or Harrison? Harrison. Harrison, Harrison. yeah. Uh, the Rain in Spain. Yes, Rex Harrison. It's one <laughs> and the same. Great movie, but even better book. But yeah, about what he was doing. I, I don't care what your faith base is. That's God given talent. I don't yeah. care what, you know, there's something innate there that you just can't put a finger on. Well, not only that, the stuff that he, his sketches and the stuff. I mean, oh. he, he figured out how to do a helicopter and all this other stuff. I mean, Leonardo yeah, Vinci. Da Vinci. So, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> Okay. Da Vinci, Michelangelo. Michelangelo both there. Italian. <laughs> both Italian. <laughs> Same country. They're, they're, they're still pretty old now. You they're know, both so masters, they're though. Old. I think they're to both dead. They are. They're all dead and shit. Well, that was a fun topic. I kind it of was, enjoyed that. Yeah. It was kind of fun. Kind of a lot of fun. Thanks for, thanks for playing along, Bailey. Of course. And great choices. So. And thank you for being here. Yes. I mean, I know you're uh, you're home for a little while and visiting family, so we appreciate your spending of a little time course. with us. I'm glad. And I had one thing I wanted to ask you guys if you oh. had heard of. I auditioned for something a couple weeks ago, and I thought of you both, and I said, I have to bring this up because I don't know if they know this is happening. Have you seen Bottle Shock, the movie? Does a Pope yeah. wear a funny hat? Okay. I was just had to <laughs> Like Are they ass? making a musical out of it? It is. Oh, you're kidding me. No. And actually, what I've seen and what I've heard, and the person I know who's doing it, I have honestly supreme faith in. It is uh, happening like it just got cast. I'm not in it, but that's okay. I'll support it. And um, anyway, it's happening in San Diego. And oh. from what I have seen, it is actually very, very, for contemporary musicals, very promising. And I had to tell you both that it is happening and going on in you San heard Diego. Have you seen the movie? <laughs> yes. Oh, oh yes. man. It's one of our favorite movies. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I, mean, I didn't oh. know if you would hate it or love it, to be honest. That's why I asked. The movie's first. great. I mean, it's the story of California sure. wine getting put on the world map. Yeah. I mean, you know. They, they take a few liberties yes. in the movie. I actually but, have um, two bottles of Chateau Montalena Chardonnay in my wine you, cellar. seriously? Not that vintage. Not that vintage, okay. but, but yeah. Hey. So we did. This, it's funny you should mention that. Matt King, Matt. <laughs> Matt Green. Sorry. Matt Green <laughs> came in. the king in. of wine in Jefferson the King City. of wine in Jefferson Everyone. City came in and did our show. And it happened to be two weeks before the anniversary. Okay. Uh, and of the, uh, of the comp- of Judgment, Judgment of Paris. Of Judgment yes. of Paris. Yes. Yes. And we had just, I had just finished reading a book about the Judgment of Paris. I'll let Keith read it. Yeah. 
It's a phenomenal book. Absolutely. By a guy yeah. that was the only one real journalist that was at the thing. <laughs> He's the only one that showed up. It's really – nobody wanted – they, they, they thought, thought it was, it was such, a joke. They right. thought it was a well, joke. It's a blow-off deal. I mean this is some you know concocted thing that this guy put together, America versus France, and it's going to be – you know, Right. This yeah. isn't even going to be yeah. – and so he said, he said the only reason I wanted to go was I figured they might have some pretty good wine left over and I might yeah. be able to eat it. But it reasons. But it, you know – as with any movie, it, the movie takes liberties with facts. It's basically true, but you know, but the book really filled in the backstory. Yeah. It was it was interesting to read because huh. I do love. And my my biggest sorrow about the movie is that we've lost Alan Rickman. Yeah, yeah. Alan yeah. Rickman was amazing. What a phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Bottle Shock. The musical. Bottle, Bottle Shock. The musical. The musical. Oh, yeah. Yes. And oh. it's. I feel like it's had legs because I'm pretty sure they've been developing it and. From what I have seen and heard, I think it's going to be great. It's an LA-based production. It's huh? in San Diego at CCA Theatricals. Okay, Southern yes. California. Okay. Do do Keith and I need to call somebody and <laughs> maybe talk to them about the fact that they're making a big mistake and not hiring you? I, I say, mean, they were like have to auditions. You have to sing something from the seventies. That's the parameter. Was like come with audition song. Your bars. It was seventies music. Well, like, you oh, were raised perfect. on that kind of music. Yeah, Stevie Nicks is my queen, and sure. so I was like, sure. Actually, sing Brandy though. I didn't sing Stevie Nicks, but. Um, yes. Yeah. It Brandy. Was, I sang Randy. I have a good arrangement of it. Oh my gosh. Well, we could do this all day. Well, we learned something. Yes, we did. Speaking of. Is this a wrote, scoop? Wait a minute. Is this a scoop? I think it's a scoop. All right. Here's what I want you to do, Bailey. Mm-hmm. Send me any of your links, whatever, wherever you're at, whatever sure. you're doing, whatever. We'll make sure we post them on the website. Beautiful. Thank we'll you. We'll let the uh, Bon Vivants keep up with you. Cool. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you for being here. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having so me. Much. Always fun. We love having you yeah, on. We yep. do. Now I'll be back in 2025 if we're sticking to this schedule. Well, let's not make it that long. Oh, we don't need to make it that long. <laughs> it's our show, honey. We can do anything we right. want. That's yeah. a long way off. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> All right. Bon Vivants, thanks for joining us. We love y'all. And yep. remember to download and listen and, and like and recommend share and, and like review. and share. And put and, those reviews out there. That really helps us. So, yeah. Uh, send yeah. us send us a little note and yeah. let us know what we're – Tell us what Jones Soda is your favorite flavor. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Or cocktails. Right. Yeah. Or this wine. Ooh. Or this wine. You bet. All right, KNLO. Hey, buddy. Cheers. Cheers. We Like That Too is produced as a labor of love for the enjoyment of Bon Vivants everywhere. To get information about our bottles and links to our guests, go to our website, welikethatpodcast.com. Tune in to new episodes by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, and other popular streaming apps. Please remember to rate, review, and share. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Like That Podcast. So everybody, hey, remember the numbers. One bottle, two good friends, and three top picks because... We like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too.